Electricast. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's not about the corner office. It's not about the fancy title. It's not even about the extra money. Responsible leadership is about taking care of those who choose to follow you, and that care takes on many forms. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you the best guests with the best advice to help you succeed in that endeavor. The Responsible Leadership Podcast is a production of The Leadership Phalanx. To find out more about me and what I do, visit leadershipphalanx.com. That's leadership, P-H-A-L-A-N-X.com. And now, on to today's show. Louis B. Chesty Puller. He's somebody who is a legend in the Marine Corps. A lot of folks now know about General Mattis, but Chesty Puller was the original General Mattis. He was known for his kind of cool, calm demeanor, but being able to you know, really kind of put a boot in somebody's ass when it was necessary. Somebody was saying to him, why? Why are you so quiet? Why do you seem to really kind of think about and choose your words so carefully. And he relayed a story to them. Now, nobody knows if this is 100% true or if this was just a, uh, a story to, to teach a lesson. But given Chesty's uh, reputation for being a man of integrity, we're going to assume that this story happened exactly the way that, that he shares it. But he talks about a time early in his career when he was down in uh, Haiti, I believe it was, and he was sent there to, essentially it was a peacekeeping mission, for lack of better terms, uh, to keep peace between a couple of uh, warring tribes down there. And during one of their patrols, uh, Chesty and his group uh, came upon one of the kind of rival, or as they were called, the, the rebel uh, tribe. And there were no hostilities really going on. They, they were at this river. Uh, Chesty and his group had stopped to drink, and the other group had showed up. Um, and so Chesty tried to use it as kind of a uh, bridge-building effort, if you will. And he struck up a conversation through an interpreter uh, about the uh, who he surmised was the leader's horse. And he paid him a compliment. He said, this looks like a very beautiful horse. I hope to own an animal so beautiful one day. And he said, as soon as he said those words and the interpreter kind of restated them back, he hears a shot ring out and the leader of the rival group 
falls off their horse, dead in the water. And Chessie turns around. And he asks, like, who, who, who pulled the trigger? Who shot this man? And one of the, the troops in his patrol raised their hand. And he asked him why. And the guy's response was, you said you wanted his horse. And Chessie realized that even while he didn't say, hey, I want your horse, his words as a leader to these people carried so much gravity and they wanted to do so much to stay in his good graces that the mere idea of him wanting that horse translated into, hey, I'm going to kill this guy and take his horse to please Chesty Puller. Now, that may sound like a far-fetched scenario in the private sector, but let me show you another story uh, that happened in the civilian world. And while it wasn't quite as drastic as somebody losing their life, it did have a long-lasting impact on lots of people's lives. So there was a leader I know, the, the organization was going through some budget issues, and there was a leader I know who went in and he was talking to his team about hiring practices. And during this discussion, he mentioned the fact that it was cheaper to promote within an office. This organization had branches uh, all across the country and, and even uh, some international offices. But he said it was cheaper to promote somebody within an office than it was to hire somebody from another office and bring them in because the company was very generous uh, with their relocation benefits. Well, fast forward six months to a year later, and there's this uproar amongst the employees because they've been bidding on jobs in other offices, putting in applications, trying to uh, get closer to home, trying to get closer to family, trying to do things like that, right? And there's this big uproar because nobody's getting selected to move to new offices like they were. People are either getting hired off the street or they're getting promoted on station. Now, for the folks on station who got promoted, this was a good deal. But for the folks who really wanted to kind of get closer to home, maybe start a family where they had a support network, things like that, this wasn't so great. So they come back and they start looking at the hiring practice and they're trying to figure out what happened. Why did we go from being a fairly agile office where people could move around and get where they wanted to be to being a, an organization where people kind of got stuck? And somebody who was in that uh, meeting said, well, you told us that you wanted us to hire on station to save money. And the leader looked at him and said, I never said those words. And he looks back at him and says, yes, when you were here during this meeting, you said it was cheaper to hire uh, inside the office than move people around. So we all interpreted that as we need to start hiring inside the uh, offices to save money. And the leader had to go back and kind of set the record straight. But the point is, is six months to a year later, because of information that the leader thought they shared fairly clearly, which was just factual data, hey, it costs us a lot more to hire somebody and move them than it does to hire on station. The interpretation of their words was, we want you to hire on station. And so a lot of people who had been looking for dream jobs missed out. A lot of people got promoted that maybe wouldn't have gotten promoted otherwise. I'm not going to say they didn't deserve it, but maybe they weren't the most deserving. So these are two stories that I really wanted to share to kind of drive point the, the, the idea that as a leader, the words you use have immense gravity on our organizations. And 
we don't always 100% get to interpret how our words are interpreted. Again, the, the, the second, uh, well, both scenarios, really, the leader said one thing, but the people around them who were so wanting to please them heard something totally different. And that's kind of like the dirty little secret about communication. Communication is always, and I do mean always, about what is heard, not what is said. As a leader, you can think that you're sending the most clear message you possibly can, but if they're hearing something different, then you haven't sent a clear message at all. So I want you to go forward with this one, and I want you to really think about the words you use and how you reinforce what it is you meant to be heard. Not what you meant to say, but what you meant to be heard. And there's some really quick tips on how you can do that. One of those, and this is one we use in the military a lot with the, the kind of call and response or response challenge. You probably heard it uh, used by a couple of different uh, terms. But after you share an idea, ask, okay, so I've shared what I think uh, is, is the message. Now, I want to know, what did you all hear? Now, that may sound a little condescending at first, but what it really does is it checks for clarity, right? Whenever we give a command and we say, you know, hey, um, artillery is a great example of this. Everybody's probably seen the artillery example in, in some type of military movie where they talk about making the range and the azimuth and the elevation. And then somebody repeats those coordinates, right? You know, maybe, uh, you know, 1,200 kilometers, uh, 45 degrees, at heading, you know, 170. Totally fictitious numbers, okay? Just pulled those out of thin air. Um, but then you hear somebody respond with those exact numbers. And if there's a deviation, then they say, no, no, correction. And then they make the correction, right? That's what we need to start doing in our organizations is, is have some kind of check for understanding. That way we can avoid this situation. So that's one. The other one is if you as as the listener are not 100% certain that you got the message correctly, send the person an email. But like, look, this is what I heard from what you said. Is this what you meant? And then that gives them a chance to kind of clarify. So, you know, both parties have some responsibility in communication. The leader has a little bit more responsibility, well, because they're a leader, and that's that's what leadership brings is more responsibility. But, you know, if, if both people in the conversation, or both roles, I should say, because sometimes it's more than two people in the conversation if you're addressing a, a whole boardroom or a whole auditorium, but if everybody takes their responsibility of doing that one thing, checking to make sure that what you heard what is what intended to be said then we can clarify a lot of communications mistakes. But I really want to drive this point home right now for all the leaders here. And again, as I mentioned in, in two podcasts ago in, in my story podcast about everybody's a leader, that means everybody here. If leaders take their responsibility to make sure that they are saying and transmitting the proper message, we can go a long way in avoiding some of these issues. Now, I'm really curious here because I, I really want to try to get some more interaction out of you guys. So on the link below, you know, there's one I talk about where you can click and uh, leave me a voice message. And I talk about asking questions and I can incorporate them into the podcast. I'm also kind of curious if you would click on that link, share me a story. Uh, 
Give me an example of something that you have ran into like this, where either you have thought you transmitted a message very clearly, but the people heard something else, or where you uh, heard something different than what your leader at the time uh, meant to say. And, and how did you resolve it? What did you guys do? I'm really interested to hear that. So again, hopefully you found this uh, very helpful. Uh, this is going to be coming out right before Christmas. So if Christmas is something that you celebrate, Merry Christmas. Uh, if you celebrate something different, I hope that, that whatever you celebrate, it is fantastic. Uh, you stay safe, happy, healthy, get to spend time with your friends, family, and do all those great things around a holiday. Whatever it is that you celebrate, I hope it's outstanding. So thank you all. Appreciate it. And we'll see you in the next episode with another great interview. Well, all right, folks, there you have it. Another great show about responsible leadership. I really appreciate you listening. And if you have any feedback for me, please reach out at earl at leadershipphalanx.com. That's E-A-R-L at leadership, P-H-A-L-A-N-X.com. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing the show so these messages can spread further and make a bigger impact. With that... I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement. Inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.